Welcome to Talk for 12, a podcast hosted by the women at Orange Evangelical Church. These 12-minute episodes teach from God's Word and encourage and equip women in their daily walk with Jesus. Decisions, decisions, decisions. They're so much a part of our life. A widely quoted figure on the internet says, we all make around 35,000 decisions a day. Hi, I'm Mel and I'm your host for this Talk for 12 series on gospel-shaped decision-making. Decision-related commentary and actions are all around us, aren't they? We throw around decision-related phrases like spoil for choice or the lesser of two evils. Some people seek guidance in decision-making through self-help books or tarot readings or other forms of spiritual guides or gurus. This series is designed to help equip us as Christian women to shape our decisions around Jesus, who offers life to the full. You'll hear from three women, one giving us a biblical overview of decision-making shaped by an identity in Christ, then from two other women who recount how each day, in big and seemingly small ways, they put God and his plans and purposes at the forefront of their decisions. In this first episode, Karina, who's married to Greg and has five children, is enjoying at the moment welcoming two daughters-in-law into her family. Her favourite part of the week is opening God's word with women in small groups. Well, she's going to take us through what it means to really trust in the Lord with all our heart, even with decisions that might not seem black and white. Here's Karina. How do you go with decision-making? Are you like Rory from the Gilmore Girls who makes extensive pros and cons lists? Are you someone who seeks the opinion of every significant person in your life before you can move forward? Or do you just vibe making decisions? There's not too much analysing or evaluating. You just go with your gut. I'd describe myself as a chewer. I internally wrestle and ruminate over every angle of the issue. But what's more important than our method is our reference point. How does being a follower of Jesus make a difference in our decision-making? A good starting point is to reflect on what God says in Proverbs 3, 5-7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways know him and he will make your paths straight. What does it look like to lean on our own understanding? And why does God say not to do that? Even though Jesus has taken the punishment for our sin, we continue to battle with its presence in our lives. This has a strong pull on everything we do, including our decision-making. Leaning on our own understanding will probably look like making decisions to put ourselves first. Our desires and goals will be self-centred, not God-centred. We will naturally pursue pleasure, comfort, security and our own ambitions. Instead of leaning on our own understanding, we're instructed to trust in the Lord. He is our good and loving God who made us, sustains us and knows the best way to live. He also knows our sinful hearts and graciously reveals the path of life he intends for us. How does this play out when we're making decisions? Is it a feeling of peace? An inner prompting? A still small voice? God hasn't promised he will reveal himself or his will for our lives in these ways, but instead through the scriptures. 2 Peter 1.3 and 2 Timothy 3.16 remind us that God has given us everything we need 
for life, godliness and good works through his word. He tells us who he is, who we are and how he wants us to live. So our first step in trusting the Lord is to have our Bibles open, to search out what he tells us with humble hearts and minds. Now, sisters, I can hear the questions arising in your minds. What about all of those areas of life that are grey and that God has not addressed specifically in his word? For example, what career path should I take? Where should I live? How should I spend my time? To answer that question, we need to understand God's plans and purposes for the world and for our life, and we'll see this has a very important application for our decision-making. I remember when I was at uni many years ago, I was listening to a Bible talk on Colossians 1. It's the magnificent passage talking about Christ as the image of God, the one who creates and sustains everything, the head of the church, the firstborn from the dead. It's one of those passages that blows your mind about who it is we serve. The preacher slowed down on the second half of verse 16. Everything was created through him and for him. Do you realise, he said, that the purpose of your life is not about your own ambitions or comfort or success? The purpose of your life is to honour and glorify Jesus. God deeply convicted me in that moment. It was like my world had been turned upside down. I was Christian, but didn't spare too much thought to what God was doing in the world and how I needed to get on board with his plans rather than him be useful for my plans. I needed to see my life revolves around Christ rather than him around me. How does this help us with gospel-centred decision-making? When we come to see that life is all about honouring Christ, it brings perspective to what is important. Sometimes we come to decision-making with the wrong questions. Not sure what job to choose? That doesn't matter so much to God. There's a heap of choices that are equally good. What is important is that you're a godly employee who lives distinctively in your workplace, sharing Christ when you have opportunity, that you make a positive contribution to his world, and you have time and energy to serve others within your church family and at home. Where should I live? The priority should not be how great the schools are or how family-friendly the town is. The important thing is that there's a church that teaches the Bible faithfully so that you will continue to be challenged to keep putting off your sin and live for Jesus in every part of life. Who should I marry? The important thing is not a well-educated man with oodles of charisma, but someone who honours Jesus with their whole lives, who will help you to keep loving and serving him through the good and the hard times. When we're making gospel-shaped decisions, we need to ask the right questions. What honours Christ in the choice we're making? This is another way we're trusting in the Lord and not leaning on our own understanding. But there are times when there's more complexity, when it's not about choosing between good or bad, but between good and best. I'll give you a personal scenario where I had a heart wrestle in this area. A few years ago, I did a Master's of Ancient History. I loved it, and I was pretty good at it. I did a thesis on a topic that I found totally captivating. It was connected with early Christian history, and the reading I was doing was encouraging as well as interesting. After I completed my thesis, it was suggested to me to think about further study, which was very appealing. I seriously considered it and started to move forward. I found a supervisor. I downloaded the application form and started to fill it in. 
Throughout this process, I felt really unsettled about this decision which came to a head at this moment. The question that God was forcing me to ask myself was, is pursuing the study the best use of the time, gifts and opportunities God had placed in front of me? Was it wrong to pursue further study? Absolutely not. We need people to research in all kinds of different fields for the benefit of society. It wasn't study that was the problem. Is it wrong to pursue the things you enjoy? No. God gave us a wonderful world he wants us to experience and praise him for. But I knew for myself this study was going to send me underground for several years. My primary focus would be in my books, and I knew it was likely to take my attention away from serving my family at home and from serving at church. There was nothing sinful or wrong about more study, and I could still honour God in the way I did it, but I knew in my heart there were better ways to use the time and opportunities I had to honour Jesus. My personal ambitions were clouding how my decisions should be shaped by God's plans, and it was stopping me from seeing what was best. In the New Testament, we're reminded that we're living in the last days, where Jesus could come back at any time and judge the world. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 6, Now is the day of salvation. And in 1 Corinthians 1, 7, the time is limited. There's a priority to use what God has given us to share Christ with others and build his kingdom. Sometimes we say no to something that is good in order to say yes to something that is better. For me, saying no to further study was saying yes to more opportunities to spend time with my family, to read the Bible with my Christian sisters, to serve at Kids Church, to lead a growth group. Please don't hear me say we have to spend all our waking hours doing ministry, but in this area of freedom, we need to keep spurring one another on to have God's priorities shape our own given our personal circumstances and what opportunities he's put in our path. There are times when we have a bunch of good choices before us and we just don't know what to choose. We don't know how it's going to end up or if our efforts are going to bear fruits in the ways that we're hoping. And sometimes this paralyzes us into not making any choice at all. Let's remind each other that God knows our hearts. Psalm 103.13 says, As a father has compassion on his children... So the Lord has compassion on those who fear him, for he knows what we are made of, remembering that we are dust. God made us so understands that we can't see the future. He knows the motives of our hearts and how we are honouring him in the best way we can. He also knows we get it wrong sometimes, but continues to show us love and grace. So what does trusting in the Lord look like when you've got lots of good decisions in front of you? Just get on and choose, asking him to be with you in it and that he might use your efforts to honour Christ. Let's tie up some thinking about making gospel-shaped decisions. This is an active process that involves our head, hearts and hands. With our heads, we remind ourselves about who we are as dependent creatures and who God is as the loving Lord of all. We read the scriptures to keep reminding ourselves of this reality and that our lives are about glorifying Jesus in everything. In our hearts, we choose to honour God rather than ourselves. We ask for his help in prayer to do this, because sometimes it's really hard to say no to self and yes to God. With our hands, we take steps of obedience. Trusting God is more than knowing theological truths. We act upon what we know. Sometimes this will be costly, and our decisions will look foolish to people around us. 
I'm going to lead us in a prayer that God would help us make gospel-centered decisions. Dear Heavenly Father, please forgive us for the times when we make decisions without your purposes as our reference point. We're sorry for when we want to honor ourselves rather than you. We pray that we would spend time over the next week reflecting on the beauty of the gospel, that because of Christ's death and raised life, we can have peace with you. Transform our heads, hearts and hands as we understand how this news changes everything. Father, we pray that our lives will be all about honouring Jesus in every area as we care for others, as we work, as we serve at church. Please help us to make gospel-centred decisions as we navigate life with all its complexities. Help us to not lean on our own understanding, but to trust you wholeheartedly. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, that was Karina taking us through the biblical principles of gospel-centred decision-making. I hope you'll decide to join me next time on Talk for 12, where I'll chat to Monica, who'll share how her identity in Christ shapes things she chooses to commit to and her time management. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Talk for 12. For the show notes and resources of this episode, or to email us, visit the podcast website at oechurch.org.au forward slash talk for 12. That's the number 12 in numerals one, two. Thanks for listening. We hope you join us next time.